You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today to have Danny Nail, who's going to talk about scaling ABM. Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Asher. Good to be here. Terrific. So we're doing this on a Friday. It's the end of a long week, but I would love for Daddy to you to share how you got to where you are today. Oh gosh, it's been a long path and I'll just uh, stick with the SAP part of it. I've been with SAP for 16 years now and have typically always been in a global marketing programs role of one sort or another, um, focused on either industry or SMB segment or something like that. But for the last four years, I have been focused um, specifically on account-based marketing and developing the global account-based marketing program um, at SAP. While um, and, and now, actually, I'm focused specifically on North America and Latin America and working with that, the ABM team in North America. Terrific. And it sounds like the word ABM means so much, right? I mean, there's account-based marketing, there's account-based sales and marketing, there's account-based sales. Like, like it sounds like everybody is into account-based these days, right? So, and and I'm careful about this stuff because it means different things to different people. So, can you define ABM for us, please? Sure. My and and my definition of ABM follows very closely with the ITSMA's definition. Um, the ITSMA. Um, basically coined the phrase account-based marketing almost 20 years ago or so. Um, and, and there's when I look at account-based marketing or think of it, um, I think of the three core principles that the, the ITSMA have defined, which are, one, it's uh, got a strategic focus on um, either re- reputation or re- relationship or revenue with a specific account. Um, so in other words, if it's just about lead gen, it's not about, it's not ABM. It's got to have more to it than just lead gen. So um, if you're thinking about sometimes people talk about a one to many approach for account based marketing where there's a thousand accounts. Uh, and most of the time, that's not really account based marketing. That's really good targeted marketing, but it's not account based marketing because it is really uh, the intent is to drive leads and off of those a thousand accounts. So that's where one important factor and core principle is around account-based marketing. The other is having a tight partnership with sales. So if you're working closely with sales on a specific account or a specific group of accounts and sales has input into not only the strategy of the account-based marketing program, but also into the actual content that's happening for those accounts or being developed for those accounts, then that's more likely going to be real account-based marketing. And the final thing is it's got to have a tailored and personalized approach for the account. So, again, if we go back to the one to one and one to few where your accounts are getting um, 
content that is specifically curated for them. And in most cases, even branded and specifically um, versioned for them, then that's really good account-based marketing. If your account's getting the exact same experience every time, uh, or each of the accounts are all getting the same experience, um, that's not account-based marketing because it's, again, that's when you get into the one-to-many um, marketing where you're, you're sending the same messaging and the same message to each of the accounts. So they're not getting a different experience. Superb. Thank, thanks for sharing those three pillars. And it sounds like through your years of experience of doing this and doing this well, um, you have a framework that you've applied, right, in terms of just the process, the tools. Like, can you walk us through your framework a little bit? Sure. It, it, it all starts with developing the, the, you know, the objective of the program and determining whether a one-to-one or a one-to-many type pro, or a one-to-few type program is going to be the answer and, and how you're going to structure it. But once you've determined those objectives, then you just have to go into full-blown um, program development mode. And that's where you, first of all, figure out what accounts you're going to target um, how you're going to target them and why you're going to target them. Um, you start working with sales to gather information on those accounts. So um, the insights that you gather on each of the accounts is very important to into the formulation of the strategy for your program. And once you have those insights, both internal and external, so by internal, I mean what sales knows about the account and tell, can tell you about the relationship with the account, as well as externally what the account is saying to the market are their priorities. Once you understand all of that and understand their industry, you can then begin to formulate the strategy for your program. Once you have that strategy validated with the seller for each of the accounts you're working on, whether it's one-to-one or one-to-few, um, once you have that strategy um, validated, that's when you can go into determining what kind of activities and tactics you're going to um, to develop that'll go against each of those accounts to enable the sellers to have the conversation that they need to have to drive toward the solution they're trying to sell to that that specific account. Terrific. And there is this conversation about interest versus intent going on, I guess generally in marketing, but more so in ABM. And so can you shed a little bit light on that? Sure. So my my definition of intent or or my feeling about intent is that intent is good if you take take a look at it from more than one source. So if you're looking at intent from one single source, then you're really not probably getting intent. And the way I look at that is um, an example of that would be if our CEO at SAP, we have 100,000 employees, right? If our CEO mentions company ABC, if even a half a percent of the employees of SAP go and search, do a Google search because they want to hear, understand more about the company our CEO just mentioned, all of a sudden there's 500 to 1,000 people pinging on, a, on company ABC. Well, that might indicate intent in some people's view. In my view, that just means there's interest. Someone at the company had interest, but there really is no intent on the behalf of any of those employees to do anything with that company. They're just interested. But if you have intent data from multiple sources and all of a sudden, then you're starting to understand that there really could be intent because if there's if there's intent showing up in from multiple areas, maybe one is is um, you know online and one is 
um, through some other sort of um, intent data resource, then you can start to build a profile and understand that, that the intent really is there and it's not just interest. Terrific. And uh, I, I do think that there is the whole intent piece and there's the interest piece, right? But none of those data points actually tell you if the company is capable of embarking on that, let's call it technology purchase or on that initiative. Do you have any thoughts on, on, on the capabilities piece? Well, I would say, you know, in most cases, when people are looking seriously at intent data, they have a defined set of companies that they've already determined they were going to focus on. So their ideal customer profile, the ICP. So if they've already formulated their ICP, their ideal customer profile, and they've got that group of accounts, then that group is most likely going to be um, able to act on and, and willing to and probably thinking about acting on that intent if they're actually um, showing intent. Terrific. Terrific. And and how long have you worked with intent data or or I guess is this is there like an intent data maturity curve of sorts? So like the first time somebody uses the data, they can do ABC and that like is is there like if I'm starting off, like how do I how do I action this thing? Well, I think if you're just starting off, you've got to look at all the different sources of intent data and figure out which ones you can combine to get to the actual intent that you're looking to try to get to, right? So the, the, the sources are very important, but have it, but defining multiple sources and making sure they work well together is how you're going to get to truly to real intent. Um, if you start off, if you're starting off and you're only using one source of intent data, that's at least a start, but it's not going to give you a very, a very good realistic picture. You've really got, I know some people that have worked at companies where they have had built matrices of five to six different intent providers and scored each one and, and built just elaborate um, scoring systems. Um, that's really the way to do it. If you have the resource to do that, and if you have the, um, the resource to, to actually hire all those different intent companies. But um, if you're just starting out, using one is a good start, but you really need more than, you need more like three or four to really get some good intent data. Terrific. And your specialty now is in scaling ABM, right? I mean, you've gone through this for over a multiple number of years. And, and I feel like, like everybody has this aspiration to go down the ABM route or road, and then they get stuck because they have somewhat success and then they have to give it some time. And then the leadership in the company is always saying like, well, how do I scale this, right? Because if I am a leader that is like three levels up from the marketer, the from the marketing team, I'm thinking, oh man, if this is working, I want to do this all over the place, right? And that may not be the right way to think about it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on just scaling ABM. Sure. So the good thing about that is with the, you know, when ABM started, we didn't have all of the MarTech that we have available to us today, right? So we didn't have some of the, the, um, the like the landing experience type MarTech where you can develop a, easily develop a, a personalized landing experience for each individual account um, based on what their interest is. So I think that 
when people are looking at scaling, there's a couple of ways to do it. One is the MarTech way where you're, and I'm not saying the one to many way, because again, I think that's just target account marketing, but you still can use MarTech in a very helpful way to do one to few or one to one account-based marketing. Um, and it makes it more scalable when you're using that MarTech to take that same um, idea and thinking to other accounts with some I'd say the 80-20 rule where 80% of the, the things that you're doing for an account are the same as from one account to another, but 20% of that is versioned for an account so that they get the feel that everything was done specifically for them. Because if you think about it, in many cases, just like everything else, there are not necessarily any new ideas. They're just repurposed ideas. And the way we look at some of this, this things that we do, is just repurposing the same idea over and over, but we version it for each account. So um, again, you can either do it via MarTech or you can do it where you um, take the account, the stuff that you do for a group of accounts. So for example, um, the program that I developed for the global program we would take an industry and within that industry, we might have five to seven accounts globally. We might have an account in Russia. We might have an account in Brazil. We may have one in the UK, one in Australia and one in Germany. But when we look at those five accounts that are global accounts, we're looking for the synergies of what they're, what's happening with those accounts, what's happening within that industry, because those synergies are where we can spend a lot of time and focus on our thought leadership. Because if we have thought leadership topics that address those synergies, that if they'll work for those five accounts, they will probably work for nearly any other account like that in that same industry in the world and could be repurposed for other accounts, which is what we've actually done. So we've actually have about a hundred assets that we've developed over time that could be reutilized for any other company in the world. Um, and we've put those on an Amazon-like um, platform where they can be ordered internally by a marketer. Let's say if you're in, in the automotive industry and you're in Korea, you can go online and order an asset for your automaker in Korea. To, and it can be just one of the assets that we've already produced in the past. But it gets versioned for your, for your account and it gets localized for your account. So it feels to your account as if it were made specifically for them. And I guess how many people, like how many resources or human resources do you need to scale ABM? Well, you know, honestly, in a sense, um, we had a very small group of people doing this. Um, uh, initially, it was just me. Um, we grew to three people um, doing this particular program. But if you think about it, that's just the initial, the, you know, the the first level people. There's a ton of other people within SAP that we've drawn on for content or content development or other things. So it does take a village, but it takes a village of people who are where we're just having them um, clip on to the job they're already doing. So it doesn't create that much extra resource. It's just utilization of the resources we have. Okay, so you're you're basically making it natural for everybody to participate for the for a greater cause. That's right, and it's it's great because I mean it, it does um, pull the collaboration together that hasn't been there in the past. The collaboration between marketing and sales, the collaboration between marketing programs and and um, product development. So um, it does 
pull a lot of groups together that normally haven't worked together in the past. But that's the beauty of account-based marketing is when you have all the people on the side of marketing as well as the people on the side of sales working together for the same purpose for a customer, that customer benefits and so does the company. Terrific. And, and, and almost every time I come into a conversation like this where there's people, there's programs, there's process, and then there's tools, people are just curious about like what's your combo of tool stack or tools that you use to, to get the job done. So are you able to give us a glimpse into the combination of tools that you're using for ABM? Well, it's kind of different here with us because we have an internal group that has kind of pulled all these tools together, but then put them into our own internally developed tool. So for uh, you know, I couldn't even begin to name all the tools that um, feed our internally developed tool. But I mean, it's the typical, you know, if you think intent data, it's the typical intent data providers. It's the, you know, there's. Um, the, the typical um, IP retargeting providers, those kind of things. Got it, got it. Okay. I'm, I'm super curious because you have consistently won awards, right? And, uh, and I, I guess if, let's say, the first award was, uh, uh, was the right place at the right time, like let's say that, right? And then the second award, I mean, you have a consistent like track record of winning awards, right? Like what's, uh, I'm curious, like what's your playbook or what's the recipe for this, this much success? I think it's um, basically staying innovative um, and continuing to think of the next thing. So, you know, at, at first developing the ABM program the way I developed it, where it was a one to few, one to few type program focused on five or six industries and within each of those industries, five or six accounts. So initially I had around 30 to 40 accounts that I focused on. Um, that was a, a different way of doing it um, than a lot of people had seen. Um, from there, taking and developing the, the ABM asset delivery platform that we developed that allows for people within SAP to order ABM assets for their own accounts that was kind of the next step. And then taking that platform to the next level would be the next thing where we, we not only offer assets, but maybe we also offer services like, like intent data or like um, executive profiling or, or stakeholder mapping, things like that. So it's continually thinking not just where you are, but where the next step is to benefit the users with, within our own company even more so that ABM can be something that can be more proliferate across the company. Terrific. So I guess as we conclude our podcast, there's a couple of questions, but even right now, it, I'm normally asked this question at the very end, but I'm pretty sure given your track record, people are going to want to connect with you. Is it okay for folks to connect with you? Absolutely. Look me up on LinkedIn, Danny Nail. It's, um, I'm happy to, for that. Absolutely. Terrific. Well, thanks for sharing your excellent uh, guidance. And then, uh, and then again, I'm super impressed with your track record. And I'm sure aspiring marketers will want to connect with you. So as we round this thing out, who would be two other people that we should bring on to the show that share the same passion for marketing as you do? You know, I, um, I would say one would be um, a gentleman named Marlo Finney. He works at FireEye. Um, he's a great ABMer and um, great marketer. 
and he and I collaborate quite often and bounce ideas off of each other. So he's someone I definitely think has the passion that you're talking about. Another is Franny Danzinger at Integrate. Um, they are a, a very interesting company that um, can help with some of the bringing together of the data that we talk about and the, the insights and the, the, the uh, intent data and bringing that all together to, to have a good profile of a customer. So um, th that those would be the two I would say would be on the top of my list. Terrific. We will surely reach out to them. And so as we close this thing out, I always ask people if they were to condense this podcast into a hashtag, what would it be? So Danny, what would your hashtag be? <laughs> How about uh, hashtag intent is not always intent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, Danny, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for sharing uh, some lessons with us. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that want to reach out to you because the scaling ABM thing is a big, big issue. And I'm pretty sure people would love guidance. And so thank you for coming on to the show and good luck with the rest of your journey. Thank you, Asher. I really appreciate it. And I've enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.